Hello, and welcome to For the Journey, a podcast offering formation and inspiration to Christians longing for more of God in their lives and in the world. For the Journey is presented by Coracle, a ministry committed to inspiring and enabling people to be the presence of God in the brokenness of the world through spiritual formation for kingdom action. We want to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God so that you can go further into the world with God's loving, healing, redeeming power. For the Journey is a space where each week we hope to help you encounter God and live a more integrated life of faith in the world by offering a regular rhythm of reflections, guided spiritual practices, thoughtful conversations, and more. This week, we share a Space for God Advent Reflection by Reverend Skip Ryan, who draws us into the life-changing creation-blessing mystery of the Incarnation. He highlights the unique and even scandalous claim that God became flesh in Jesus and shows how that reality invites us to constantly reconsider our calling on Earth. Here's Skip. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad to be here, and obviously, it's... We're in the week of Christmas, um, and uh, I just um, I'm going to just jump jump in real quickly and talk about the incarnation, and then try and make some practical space for God type uh, applications. Um, you know, many things are said about the Christ- Christmas, this you know holiday, the the frenzy of it, the parties, the decoration, and I I wonder whether sometimes I think where did that all come from. I, I think in some ways it's because we want an experience of something that is good, something that is full of light and joy, uh, maybe compared to so much of the rest uh, our, of our lives. And it, we want something that is um, uh, good and true and beautiful, to use the, uh, those ancient uh, ways of speaking about virtue. We want something good, we want something true, and we want something beautiful. And I know beauty has been a real theme uh, for you uh, on these uh, Tuesday uh, mornings. And I think that um, Christmas brings these together. Um, and so what is the incarnation? What, what does it really mean that we celebrate at Christmas? Um, the, the exact phrase is incarnate, you might say. It's in, in Greek and, and in Latin. Um, it means the enfleshment of God, as, um, as Carla said. God came down. God came down in flesh and dwelt among us. Um, you know, in the last several years, I keep coming back to, to some of the big, big truths of the Christian faith. And I find myself thinking about them, not just with my mind, but mostly with my affections, trying to understand them in a way that is, you know, good and true and beautiful for my own heart and life. And I I want to say that there's nothing like the incarnation to light up our uh, affections. You know, it's the only world religion where God comes in the flesh. You know, uh, there's great Eastern religions like Hinduism and Buddhism, Taoism, and there the incarnation is actually seen as unnecessary. 
And if you think about it, the reason it's unnecessary is because God's already here. He's in everything. We call that pantheism, but God is in everything, especially every uh, living uh, thing. And in the great Western religions, uh, apart from Christianity, we have Judaism and Islam. It may surprise you, but Islam is actually considered a Western religion because in common with Judaism and Christianity, it is monotheistic. That is, it, it points to there being only one God. But in the great Western, Western religions, the incarnation is um, impossible. Uh, I'm speaking of Judaism and Islam. It's impossible. God would never do this. God is so great, he would never condescend to become a man to hum humiliate himself for us in that way. So in, in Islam, for example, uh, the incarnation is rank heresy. It's just considered something awful. It's blasphemous. Um, God in his greatness would never appear to us, uh, much less become an actual human being. Now, to jump into what we as Christians understand, John 1, 4 is, is very important, excuse me, 1, 14. Uh, it, it, you know, for God's, you know, uh, uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld, uh, we beheld, beheld him in, in, um, in grace and truth. Um, and what does it mean to say that God became flesh and dwelt among us? Um, what, what, what does it mean to say the word, God himself, became flesh? And here's the important thing. The word, God, did not stop being God in order to become man. It's a very critical thing. Some people might say, well, God, God changed into being man. That's not true. According to, um, <laughs> according to uh, what you, you know, I guess it's theology, but you might say this, God, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And how 100% and 100% equal 100%, you know, that's a mystery. And actually, it took the church 450 years to work this out in what eventually became the Chalcedon Creed. And I hope this is interesting, at least. The Chalcedon Creed says this, the distinction of Christ's natures, that is to say, his divine and his human nature, is by no means taken away by the union of them, but rather the property of each nature is preserved. That is to say, again, he's fully God and fully man. The, he is the unchangeable God, the infinite God, yet he becomes finite as he enters this world in flesh. And the word God did not, um, he, he did not uh, take on a human body, if I could put it that way. He didn't take on a human body. Rather, he became man. And um, if you think about it, that's an important distinction. Uh, some people would say, well, the incarnation means that Jesus took on an, an outer being in flesh, like 
like if you dressed up in a, in a gorilla costume, you would still be you underneath the costume, but outwardly you would appear as a gorilla. That is not the incarnation. The incarnation is that, that Jesus was perfectly God and perfectly human. And we have to admit, we don't understand that. It's, um, there's something about it that is really quite, uh, uh, quite a, a mystery. And what we do when we think about the incarnation, as well as other things, we think about, uh, we, we have to get into the notion of there being a mystery. And a mystery is something we can't fully understand unless God reveals it to us. And so when one of the things about mystery, the mystery of who Jesus is in flesh, fully God and fully man, it is that we have to give ourselves to the mystery rather than figure it out. Um, so that's the stuff of poets. G.K. Chesterton said this um, when speaking of the infant J Jesus in a barn uh, with farm animals. He said, the child that was before the world's begun, the child that played with moon and sun is playing now with a little hay. And uh, here, here's another one. May he who flung the moon and the stars in their place and then plunged into our humanity bewilder us again, each and all. Jesus plunged into our humanity. That's something to think about. Actually, rather than think about it, it's something rather to to know deeply in our affections. And there are many implications of this. And I just wanna list a few of these implications before we, uh, we move on. Um, the first one is the obvious one. Only flesh can die. So if I could put it this way, though God can do anything he wants, God in and of himself could not die for our sins. Only flesh can die. And so he who was God in flesh and never sinned can shed his blood for the sake of others. Because he never sinned, his blood can be perfect in being shed for uh, the, the, all of us. And secondly, as a human being, Jesus understands and he sympathizes with all that we are as uh, as part of humanity. He was, according to Hebrews, tempted in every way as we are. I want you to think about that. What does it mean to say that the Son of God was tempted in every way that we are? Think, think of any temptation that you've experienced or that you know others have experienced. And this may draw you up to a line that seems dangerous. There is no temptation that he has not experienced. He's experienced the same kind of losses that we have, the same kind of grief that we have. So, you know, what in a sense does that mean? Among other things, and this is the third thing that I think the incarnation means, it means that the Lord's Supper is very important to us. And you may think it odd that I would run to that, but I, 
I have to believe, and this is born out of my own experience. Um, the Lord's Supper is the way we plunge into the mystery. Jesus has plunged into our humanity. We now plunge into the mystery of what that means. In, in 1 Corinthians 10, it uses the word participation. We participate in the broken body and shed blood of Jesus by receiving the bread and the, uh, and the blood of Jesus, God and man. In, in Holy Communion, we enter into both the body and the divinity of Jesus. Again, we enter into both the humanity and the deity of Jesus. And there is probably no other truth in the Christian faith <laughs> that there has been more written about than what is the Lord's Supper. And um, I could talk about that for a long while, but I won't. The point is that we participate, and that means more than it's just symbols. There's something else uh, deeper uh, going on there. And then uh, I'll skip one because of the sake of time, but this last one, in the incarnation, as we've said, God comes down in Jesus and his coming down to earth means that he blesses the earth. The good endeavors that we do in our lives have meaning because Jesus came to bless all the earth so when we do our good works, if you will, we are blessing the earth too. And we are entering in, in fact, to the blessing that Jesus gives to the earth. So if you plant a tree or you take a walk or you play a sport or you welcome the stranger, in all of these things, these things are, these things are beautiful. These things are to you. They are full of beauty because they, they are not only inspired by Jesus, but they come in a sense as a consequence of Jesus being among us when he blesses this earth. He doesn't tell us to escape from it. He tells us to bless it. And so that means many things, as I've already said, but I think particularly we could say it means that we care for the poor and sick as he did. It means that we care for the lost and lonely as he did. They are ones without a home, without a sense of place, of belonging. And Jesus comes to give every man a sense of home, a sense of belonging. And we participate that in, in that. So if you do Habitat for Humanity, which I've done a couple times, and you, you help build a home, you're actually participating in a great act of God the Father and God the Son. You see, in the incarnation, Jesus not only redeems our souls, he renews the earth. And he begins to move the earth back towards what God originally made and meant it to be a process of the kingdom coming that will not be complete until Jesus brings to us the new heavens and the new earth. So anyway, I hope something in this kind of made some space for Jesus in, in your lives. And, um, you know, the fourth Sunday of Advent was just two days ago. 
the advent, the coming of the Son of God in flesh. The one who is perfect, perfectly good, true, and beautiful has come to us. The Lord, the God, the man, Jesus Christ. Thank you uh, for listening. Now, let's, um, we've got just a bit of time. Um, I, I would like I'd like us to be quiet for a minute and for you to latch on to something I've said and think about it. Just take one thing, the good, the true, the beautiful, the enfleshment of God, the, the fact that God uh, does not cease to be God when he becomes the man, Jesus Christ, um, the implications for us, the caring for those in need, uh, the poor, the sick, and so forth. Um, that uh, we participate in uh, the mystery of the body and blood. We participate in it. We don't just observe it. We don't just treat it like a symbol. I'd like you to think about one of those things for one minute or something else, okay? Something else that you think of when you think of the incarnation. So uh, let's have a moment of, of silence as we do that. venture something that you've just thought about maybe in this minute that's important to you about the incarnation. Okay, Hillary. Um, yes, yeah, so I just really thought it was wonderful. You said Jesus came to give everyone a sense of a belonging and a home. And it is true with his ministry, how he reached out to the fringes of society and he made sure that they were healed in front of people who thought they were better than them. And I just thought that was so beautiful how, how God levels the playing field and says, you're not better. You're to serve each other. And I really love that reminder. Thank you. Mm -hmm. and, and that comes because he blessed flesh when he came as flesh. So what we do in his name is a direct expression of, of being the body of Christ. Some of you know, and it's attributed to different people, but I think it may have been, I think it was probably Augustine who said, we are little Christs. The body of Christ means that we are little Christ. Now, some people would say that's kind of blasphemous, but if you think about it, if we're the body of Christ spread out all over the world, then we bring Jesus and we're like little Christ, someone else. Thank you, Hillary. Skip to that point that you were just making it. Um, as I was thinking about what it meant for God to become, 
to plunge into our humanity and to take on full our full humanity without kind of really disrupting what that meant. Like the church really thought it had to be preserved that he was fully human and fully God um, in the same mysterious way that he dwelt in his physical body on earth, like he, without corrupting it or without changing it uh, fundamentally, he does the same for us now is kind of what I was thinking of that we long to be and are promised that we will become more and more conformed into the image of Christ as we follow him, becoming those little Christs. And yet that doesn't mean we become this monochromatic or uh, we all look the same and start talking the same and uh, only think the same things. Like it preserves and even enhances our uniqueness. Um, so I, I thought that was, yeah, I had not really thought about those parallels before, but mm -hmm. it, that came to mind. No, thank you, Drew. That, that's really excellent. Yeah, that's really excellent. And, you know, we will be bodies in the new heavens and the new earth. And there's a long, wonderful sort of biblical explanation for that. We don't just go to heaven and become fairy dust. Jesus returns with us and, and joins those of us who are still here. And he, he, he establishes the new heavens and the new earth. And he brings us with him as bodies. Maybe one other person. Um, asked, uh, oh, great. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, just real, real quickly. I'm just, I just love that you've taken us to the heart of the most, the most, the most important, I think, uh, Christian assertion, which is that the God of the universe takes on flesh, actually, and becomes man, human. Um, and it's like, if we can believe that, the rest of it's not so hard. Mm -hmm. Like, that's 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 the one to believe after that virgin birth easy right all that sort of stuff because if god became man it, it changes everything thanks i loved your reflection skip uh thanks bill it makes sense of the cross right because if jesus dies as only a man then what effect does the cross have on us but if jesus dies only as divine then we can't say really that he, he dies in the place of our, our fleshly sins. And I'm using fleshly in sort of an all-encompassing way there, our sins of thought and, and uh, body and, and mind. I, I really think this is, as, um, as Bill said, this is foundational. This is foundational. And... Um, you know, without it, we, the whole, the whole of our Christian faith becomes um, so much sand. It, it's just, it doesn't hold together. Thanks so much for listening to For the Journey. We hope you'll join us again next week. And in the meantime, you can explore past episodes and see what we're up to at inthecoracle.org and on social media at inthecoracle. If you were blessed by what you just heard, please subscribe as we'll be releasing new episodes each week. Please also feel free to rate and review the show and share this episode around with others who might be blessed by it. For the Journey is made possible by the generous support of our Coracle partners, the wonderful men and women who choose to support this ministry through their prayers and financial gifts. 
If you're one of our partners and are listening, we are so grateful for you. If you would like to join us as a sustaining partner, you can set up a monthly donation of any amount at inthecoracle.org support. The link is in the show notes. Our growing community of partners gets access to tailor-made resources, gifts, and events, and we would love for you to be a part of that. Our theme song is Mystery Hymn from our friends at Lowland Hum. Please give them a listen wherever you get your music. And so, friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen, and we will see you on the journey. Hallelujah.